Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sifpop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for Sifpop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sifpop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies to the wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sifpop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome to episode 333 of the Sports Yak podcast. Oh, you mean the Gump Worsley episode? Gump Worsley, tell me about this hockey sensation. Gump Worsley was the last goalie to not wear a mask, and he looks like it. Uh, he, he got the nickname Gump. Because of his resemblance to the cartoon character Andy Gump at the time, we'll have to make sure that we post a picture of Gump. A side-by-side? Oh, well, I don't know that you need a side-by-side with Gump Worsley. I think his face is enough. But the (laughs) the last goalie not to wear a mask, he started his career with the New York Rangers, uh, had a great sense of humor about him. One, One writer asked him, well, who's the toughest opponent that you face? And he said our defense, because he would get peppered with shots by other teams. The Rangers weren't very good, but he would keep them competitive. He got traded to Montreal, and once he got with a good team, he could really show his stuff. He helped the Canadians win four Stanley Cups in five seasons. Uh, Eventually retired because he had a fear of flying. When he was playing in the minors, uh, the engine on the plane caught fire, and so he had a great fear of flying and there was a time that the Canadians were flying out to Los Angeles to play the Kings, and the plane dropped about 10,000 feet in midair, and Gump said, Lander in Chicago, because I'm taking the train from there to L.A. My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Worsley. <laughs> but Gump Worsley won 333 games in his NHL career, and we tip our cap to the former Vesna Trophy winner with today's episode. 
Family Broadcasting Corporation in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports and who's right there? The other doesn't know sports but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Should we do some cross-promotion and let the people know that as we record this, both you and I are on a different uh, show and channel tonight? The same show. Uh, we are on with Sean Styers as our friends at WSBT apparently are going through a little bit of a format change. And juggling things around. So Sean is the solo host of the weeknight sports beat show. And uh, we're on with him during the six o'clock hour tonight. You go first and then I get time for rebuttal. (laughs) I'll set him up. You knock him down. There you go. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I'm just, if it's anything about this, I'm just going to say, look, I know nothing about sports. He knows everything about sports. And sometimes we find our way in the middle who knows what he'll talk with you about but you have a a relationship with sean that goes back to your days at another radio station yeah yeah long 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 time ago he's probably going to throw me under the bus when we used to do this 60 or 90 minute notre dame football pregame show from the press box and that was quite the circus one he's a big movie buff too so he'll probably talk to you about that yes yes he is all right, well, we turned on the game last night. I love that the Cubs had a, a, a historic Thursday night. Not so much Friday, not so much Saturday. Beautiful weather at the ballpark in Los Angeles, but not a historic night as well last night. No, they they stunk the rest of the weekend, quite frankly. And if you go back over the last two weeks, the Chicago Cubs have scored 32 runs in the last 14 games. David Ross and his team have a problem. And that problem was exposed very much by Clayton Kershaw last night. They can't hit, and primarily what they can't hit is breaking stuff. They can hit fastballs. If they can get a pitcher into a fastball count, they can hit. They haven't been able to do that lately. The book is out on the Cubs, and right now they don't have a way to solve it. So 32 runs in 14 games isn't going to win you a lot of games. And it's one of the reasons why the Cubs have dropped out of first place and are now three games behind the Brewers, who they begin a big three-game series with in Milwaukee tonight. Kyle Hendricks on the mound. He has been somewhat of the Cubs' savior. He has won his last eight starts. But let's make no bones about it. This Cubs team in the month of June has been awful at the plate. They're batting 186 as a team in the month of June. That is last in the major leagues, It's 22 points behind the team that is next to last, the St. Louis Cardinals. And if you look at individuals, there's not one individual that the Cubs can, you know, kind of say, carry us, help us, save us from this. The best Cub batting average in the month of June belongs to Jason Hayward, of all people. And it's only because he was red hot in that Dodgers series. And he's batting 250 for the month. Most of the batting averages for the Cubs look like my systolic blood pressure, about 120, 130, (laughs) 140, somewhere in there. Now, granted, talking about them makes my systolic blood pressure go up, 
those averages aren't going up. So here's the question as the Cubs go forward this month. They're only three games out behind Milwaukee, and maybe maybe you get a clearer vision of this as this week goes on, where the Cubs are at Milwaukee and then at Cincinnati. So six big games this week. And after this week, the Cubs will likely have a better idea as they hit the 4th of July, are we buyers or sellers in the trade market? need to buy some starting pitchers. But, Corey, it's not the pitching. Yeah, Alzale got battered about last night. But as a pitcher, when you're going to the mound and you think, my God, I've got to be pretty close to perfect because my team scores in binary code. Zeros or ones. Lots of twos. I should I should give them credit. Sometimes they do get two runs in a game. And ticker tape falls out of the sky. It's, it's impossible to pitch under those circumstances. So the bullpen has done a great job all year. And then Keegan Thompson gives up a home run to Cody Bellinger in the ninth. And the Dodgers get a 3-2 walk-off win. I will grant you... Jake Arrieta has not been the reincarnation of Jake Arrieta. No, but you he's knew not. that. You knew that when you signed him. Yeah, you knew that you weren't getting 2016 Jake Arrieta. You're getting 2021 Jake Arrieta, who's almost at the end of his rope. So yeah, it would be great to go out and get some more starting pitching. They need Nico Horner to get healthy. They need Duffy to get healthy. They need Bodie to get healthy. I know they've had a boatload of injuries, and David Ross is doing what he can with the roster that he's been given. Which makes me think all the more that the Cubs will be sellers when we get to the trade deadline rather mm. than buyers. Because when you look at it, it how close is this team to winning a world championship? It's not close. No. It's not close. We celebrate how well they do at Wrigley Field. And the fact that they swept the Dodgers and they swept the Mets and they swept the Padres and they swept good teams at Wrigley Field. They play really well at home. But this team gets on the road into bigger ballparks. You see the flaws. And the flaws are exposed. I mean, they're a team that relies on the home run. And they're a team that doesn't make a whole lot of contact. I They looked silly last night against Kershaw. Which, by the way, watching him play, wow. I only saw a couple of innings, but man, that dude, needed. he's amazing. Yeah. But a lot of pitchers look amazing when they pitch against the Cubs. Urias <laughs> on Saturday struck out 12 as well. So the Cubs swing and miss. How old is Clayton Kershaw? 33. Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got gas in the tank. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not the problem. Clayton Kershaw's problem has always been the postseason. Clayton Kershaw gets into the postseason, and he's like Archie Bell in the drills. He does the tighten up, and he can't seem to win in the postseason. But Clayton Kershaw during the regular season, I mean, the Dodgers have not only Kershaw but Trevor Bauer. They've got two Cy Young winners on the same staff. There's no need to hold the telethon for the Dodgers. They're doing just fine. Thing. <laughs> but the Cubs right now, you can hear Ferris Bueller in the stands. He can't hit, he can't hit, he can't hit, he can't hit. That's basically a description of the Cubs. 
Well, let's jump on over to the White Sox bus. So they split a doubleheader with Seattle yesterday. Seattle winds up taking two out of three at guaranteed rate field. And the White Sox have the Twins, who are playing better right now, coming in this week. But the big story that came out of Chicago yesterday was the fact that the first pitcher got thrown out of a game after Major League Baseball started cracking down on pitchers having substances available to them, the sticky stuff, as it's called, whether it's pine tar or some other combination, to use to try to have a better spin rate, which allows the ball to move more, um, can increase your velocity with the pitches because you're allowed, your fingers stay in contact with the ball longer, allowing you to drive more power through the ball. So Major League Baseball has decided... We need to crack down on the pitchers using this stuff because we have too many swings and misses. We need to get more offense into the game. It's become too tough to hit. They decided to do this, and they're it's becoming too tough to hit. And they're pointing the finger at the sticky stuff is the problem because you've got increased spin rates on pitches, okay. increased velocity. And have they? The, you said they've they've ejected one player but they have they got a file going now of like this guy this guy this guy every pitcher coming off the mound has his glove and cap and other things inspected by the umpires Mm. now as trevor bauer who drives some people nuts but he's a thoughtful guy and bauer was interviewed last night during the cubs dodgers game by espn particular about this because Trevor Bauer's never been one to be shy about going onto social media and ripping people. And and he basically did it on national television last night. He ripped Major League Baseball. You decided arbitrarily and capriciously to do this midseason. Rather than sit there and say, okay, we've got a problem and let's take the offseason to figure out what steps we can take and these substances will be allowed and these won't. Now you've got this, well, it's sticky. Well, one person's sticky is not another person's sticky. And yesterday they eject Hector Santiago from the Seattle Mariners for having a substance in his glove, which Santiago says was merely a combination of the rosin. There's a rosin bag on the back of the mound. You see pitchers will put it on their forearms or hold it in their hands. Mm-hmm. It's to help dry the sweat. You want to dry the sweat so that you can get a better grip on the ball. So they said whatever was in Hector Santiago's glove, in the heel of back heel of his glove, they didn't think was sweat and rosin. They thought was something illegal. So now the glove will be examined, I'm sure, by the the same scientist that determined the frozen yogurt in Seinfeld was not frozen yogurt. Um, but the glove will be examined by a team of scientists, I'm sure. And we will come to whether Hector Santiago gets suspended 10 games, one game, or whatever for having this stuff in his glove. Was this previous to his pitching, or was his pitching showing signs of this? So then they said, hey. They investigate everybody. Corey, yeah. when they come off the mound, every pitcher is investigated. Okay. If you're a starter, you get investigated twice during the game so that after the first investigation, you don't run into the locker room and 
Now you get your sticky stuff. You'll get investigated twice as a starter. But every reliever is investigated after they pitch as well. Now the question was brought up on the Fox broadcast Saturday. Why wouldn't you investigate people before they go to the mound? That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Before they walk out. All right, let's. Yeah. So if you remember earlier in the year, Craig Kimbrell wore a cap that kind of had a faded spot on it worn spot and many people think well that's where he was hiding his sticky stuff and then they started cracking down on that and you see a pristine cap on Kimbrel now now Kimbrel seems to be thrown just fine with or without it so mm-hmm. it doesn't make any difference i think most guys it probably doesn't make any difference but you have seen you know they have ways of tracking the spin rate now wow um, and with all the cameras and things like that, they can track this. And they have seen that the spin rate on the ball goes down, which means that if the spin rate on the ball goes down, it shouldn't be moving as much. And with it not moving as much, it should be easier to hit. Obviously, none of this has helped the Chicago Cubs. But the White Sox are still sitting pretty. They're two and a half up on Cleveland in the American League Central. Behind the Cleveland Indians, believe it or not, tied for third place in the American League Central are your Detroit Tigers. Now, I think that's I don't the first know, time you've said that on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if that's damning to Minnesota and Kansas City or a credit. I, I'm going to give credit to A.J. Hinch and the job that he is doing with the Tigers. The Tigers are trying to rebuild a team that a couple of years ago was just god-awful. And... They are making progress slowly. Um, they won a game yesterday over Houston, 2-1. to one. Squeeze bunt in the 10th inning to bring home the winning run. And at least if you're a Tigers fan now, you look at some of the young players in the system, you look at some of the young players in the minor leagues, and you say, there might be some hope here. Now the problem is the Tigers are notorious for, they're a little bit like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, we've got a good player, somebody that gives us hope. Let's trade that away. So hopefully the Tigers won't make those mistakes and they can bring some of these younger players up. It's interesting. The Tigers have guys like Miguel Cabrera who are towards the sunset of their career. And then they have a lot of these younger kids. And Cabrera's kind of been put in the role of this veteran teacher. And it seems like he's doing a pretty good job with them. So... Credit to A.J. Hinch and the Tigers there. Now, it's a three-way tie for third right now. Let's not get crazy, Detroit folks. <laughs> Let's not get crazy here and think that uh, the pennant's right around the corner. It's not. But they are making progress. College World Series is set. Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and the COVID. Man, I, I saw this story unfold Friday afternoon. As reports were coming out, hey, North Carolina State has a COVID problem. They've got a position player sitting out with COVID who won't be able to play in the game against Vanderbilt. Now, NC State to that point was in the catbird seat. They were undefeated in the College World Series. They had already beaten Vanderbilt once, one nothing. They're getting ready to play Vanderbilt again Friday afternoon. Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball has done an excellent job tracking the timeline of this. 
the COVID problem didn't just start Friday for North Carolina State. It started as early as Monday when a couple of players were showing symptoms. So they tested those players, and you get tested the day before the game. So here's a big part of the problem for North Carolina State. They get tested on Thursday. They're not getting results on some of these tests until 90 minutes before first pitch on Friday. And it turns out that the starting second baseman, J.T. Jarrett, as in the son of Notre Dame baseball coach Link Jarrett, is found positive for COVID. Then they do the contact tracing, and they find there's a bunch of players who, even though they have tested negatively for COVID, aren't allowed to play. North Carolina State was only allowed to dress 13 players for the game on Friday with Vanderbilt. The pitcher who started the game had pitched in five games all season. Oh, man. The starting first baseman was the starting pitcher from Monday night. And yet, they scrapped and they fought and they battled Vanderbilt to a 3-1 loss. And everybody thinks, okay, If they get enough negative tests, they can bring back players and play on Saturday. Well, it turns out that North Carolina State had eight players. Let me correct myself. Eight people within the traveling party test positive for COVID. We don't know if they were all players or not. Four people who were in the dugout Friday who had been vaccinated, tested positive for COVID. What about all the people who didn't test positive for COVID? Well, you would think, okay, let's let them play because you've got a stadium. I mean, the NCAA is out there saying, look at these huge crowds. We got 21,000 showing up, and none of those people in the stands were tested for COVID. But these Players were, and the NCAA, in classic NCAA fashion, at 2 in the morning on between Friday and Saturday, comes out and says, hey, by the way, NC State, you can't play Saturday. Vanderbilt moves on to the title round. And, of course, the North Carolina State program, devastated because this is as close as they've come to a baseball title. Mm. And now they don't even get the chance to compete for it, despite the fact that the majority of their team tests negatively for COVID. Despite the fact that in playing Vanderbilt on Friday, now this forces Vanderbilt to get tested, all their team comes back negative. Wasn't a single positive case on Vanderbilt. So... North Carolina State is out, and Vanderbilt will now play this Mississippi State team that beat Notre Dame in the Super Regional. And, of course, I can't speak for all Notre Dame fans, but I'll speak for myself in saying, okay, a lot of people thought Notre Dame should have had home field. They didn't. They had to go to Mississippi State. They took Mississippi State down to the very last inning, a struggle. And Mississippi State wins two out of three on their home field. A lot of people might think, well, if they played at Frank X Stadium, maybe it had been reversed. And then Notre Dame would be in the College World Series. And you see Mississippi State winning these games, and you project yourself, well, could Notre Dame have done the same thing? Of course, 
that's kind of you don't know the answer to that but a lot of people i think for nerd aim will be rooting for mississippi state not only because of how vanderbilt got to the finals mm-hmm. but because they will think that could have been us so it'll be interesting to see how the next three days unfold in omaha i wish this covid situation i'm not going to call covid a scandal but i wish this covid situation were the worst thing that we're going to talk about on the act today but the worst thing we're going to talk about on the act today Corey, involves the chicago blackhawks and i know you're a subscriber to the athletic but i doubt that you have read this story i have not the chicago blackhawks in the 2010 season so we're going back 11 years In 2010, they had a video coordinator by the name of Brad Aldrich. And Brad Aldrich, apparently at some point during the playoffs, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, sexually assaulted a pair of Blackhawks players. Um, The Blackhawk players, through the Blackhawks security person, notified the front office that this took place and the security person who is former police officer said I'll make sure this gets taken care of he made a report to the front office the front office of the Blackhawks decided not to take this to the police and instead the video coordinator remained with the team for the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs and then he left the team problem is after he left the team he went into youth hockey where he was then accused of sexually assaulting a youth hockey player and is now a registered sex offender the fallout of this is 11 years later the blackhawks are being sued by former players who were allegedly sexually assaulted by this person for not reporting this to the police The Blackhawks have not released any kind of comment on this. There are still people in the front office of the Blackhawk organization who were there in 2010, including the president of hockey operations, Stan Bowman. And a lot of people are wondering, as they read this account, why are these people still working for the Blackhawks? Why aren't they fired? So it's really up to Rocky Wirtz, the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks, and maybe even the NHL itself to do an investigation because this has been a recurring problem, not with the Blackhawks, but in the sport of hockey and particularly youth hockey itself. These coaches and and people in administration have a unique amount of power in youth hockey. I have a neighbor who is going to play junior hockey. He's going to go up to Milwaukee and play. And, of course, his playing time is dictated by the coach and by the general manager and people like that. And those people have an unusual amount of power on the success of these young people. Now, you would think when you get to the NHL, all the players have the power. Well, the players tried to exercise that power by going to management and saying this happened. And management did nothing. Management allegedly knew about a problem and failed to report it. And that's a problem. 
And to be honest, Corey, it makes it a problem to be a Blackhawks fan. Because how do you root for a team when you know that they did that? Mm-hmm. When you know that they let that go? So it is something to keep an eye on in the offseason to see how this story develops and what changes might be made in the Blackhawks' front office. It's a it's an organization in flux now anyway. It's Stanley Cup days seem to be behind it, and they may need to do some starting over. But it's up to Rocky Wirtz as the owner, and I don't know if he was told, but all accounts say everybody on the team knew this had happened. And nothing got done about it. I'm I'm so befuddled. May I ask a question? Please and, do. And I don't want to get into two details, but I consider hockey players like the physically fittest of the fit and the brutal and the toughest there are. How does a video guy coach assault two players? Take some. They go to a bar. There's drinking involved. Uh huh. Players get drunk. And he decides to take advantage. Wow. I, how, uh, how these players would even let their guard down that low? And I, and I apologize for those of you yeah. young kids listening or things like that. This isn't a pretty situation, but I think it's something that people need to be aware of. Yeah, you need to know who's coaching your kids. And you need yeah. to, I mean, we're putting so much trust in them. I'm putting my trust in uh, basketball coaches for the week. And, you know, I, I honestly haven't met them. Right. But I have high hopes, you know. And because the Blackhawks didn't report this, this guy was able to go get other jobs. And do it again. And do it again. To younger players. Wow. So, something to keep an eye on here in the (laughs) offseason. Hard to be a Blackhawks fan when you hear that. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, boy. Well, let's switch gears. Milwaukee, come on. Did you watch any last night? Just a hint. Just Uh, a hint. Trey Young, the Atlanta star, kind of banged up his ankle. Bucks take advantage. They win at 113-101. Home court advantage now back with Milwaukee in this series, which lost game one. They've won two in a row. They lead it two games to one. Most people expect Milwaukee to win this series. I think most people believe Milwaukee has the better talent. Of course, they have a former NBA MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have some Olympic players in Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, of course, Pat Connaughton. So a lot of people around here would love to see a Phoenix-Milwaukee NBA final because you would have Phoenix coached by Monty Williams with Notre Dame ties against Milwaukee with Pat Connaughton with Notre Dame ties. So that would be a, a nice thing to make the NBA Finals a little more interesting when you have two teams that eh, maybe don't capture the imagination as much as any. But I enjoy the distance between both teams, too. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not a West Coast Final, you know? Right. You've got Phoenix languishing there in mountain time, uh, taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, who haven't, haven't won an NBA title since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. Wow. Okay. Back in the early 70s. Hmm. Also, Portland has decided that the former Piston, Chauncey Billups, will be their new head coach. Uh, Billups apparently has a really good uh, relationship with Damian Lillard, and that's the star of the Portland Trailblazers. Billups has been an assistant coach with the L.A. Clippers. And so we'll see how a guy that's never coached as a head coach in the NBA before 
handles the situation in Portland where they have always had promise, but they have never been able to kind of get over the top. And that'll be the challenge for Chauncey Billups in a Western Conference that is loaded with talent where you have Chris Paul with the Suns, you've got the Clippers, you've got LeBron and the Lakers, you've got Steph and Golden State. It ain't easy to win out in the West. Heavily loaded out there. Mm-hmm. Golf yesterday, and normally we don't talk a lot of golf on this show, and we won't talk a lot of golf today, <clears throat> but quite the... Uh, Finish yesterday to the Travelers Championship. Harrison English wins the Travelers Championship on the eighth hole of sudden death. So CBS is doing the golf, and man, if they can just get this young Kramer Hickox to miss a putt on 18, Harrison English is going to win the tournament. They'll get off in time for your local news and then 60 minutes will start in its entirety. Well, that doesn't happen. And they wind up languishing eight playoff holes, over two hours of playoff golf (laughs) between two pretty much no-names on the PGA Tour, and yet it was still riveting to watch. What happens In a playoff hole? My wife will disagree. Tell me about a playoff hole. What happens? It's sudden death. So... Are you are you shooting from uh, you know where I, I don't they, know my golf stuff? Okay, so they take you in this case for some reason they decided to play the 18th hole. Okay, and they played that a couple of times. So you play the whole hole, you tee off, you hit your approach. Okay, we both had a four. Then they said, well, let's do that again. Let's play 18. Okay, they did it again. They both got their scores. They tied. Okay, they said, okay, let's play 17. Played 17, both the same score. <laughs> they did this eight times. Eight times. Oh, and, and it's finally, just between the two? Just between the two. Wow. <laughs> this so, is, is was historic in any way, like longest golf game ever? It was the second longest. Back in 1949, there was an 11-hole playoff in Detroit at the Motor City Open, and they finally just said, okay, you're both winners. I can tell you that in 1978, at the Greater Milwaukee Open, a young Chuck Freebie was in attendance. Tell me more about this day. Lee Elder, first black golfer to play in the Masters, and Lee Trevino, golf legend from Mexico, played eight playoff holes. My Uncle Bill, who was a terrific amateur golfer up in Wisconsin, he had a son. Chuck was his son as well. And he is now a golf pro. And myself and my cousin David all went to the final round of the Greater Milwaukee Open. Wow. And we expected to watch Lee Trevino win. And then Lee Elder, this terrific African-American golfer, winds up tied. And they go back and forth. And Lee Elder wound up getting the better of Lee Trevino that day on the eighth playoff hole. And it was it was kind of fun because I believe... They played back and forth between two holes. And so you'd run back and forth to try to see what you could see and things like that. You're what? 12, 13, 14? 13. Yeah. 13. Did you get into this? I know you love sports. Was oh, this, yeah. This is a no, thing? it was. It, I'd never been to a professional golf tournament before. Okay. I, I didn't know what to expect. And it was high drama. 
Now, let's get ready. Uh, this is way off in left field. Bubba Watson up up in the top. He was up in the top of the Travelers Championship. He was in the top 10. Okay. I saw his name a couple times yeah. yesterday. Okay. Yeah. All right. Overrated, underrated. I have brought to the table because we watched the movie The Pelican Brief over the weekend. Ooh, a John Grissom classic. Yes. Denzel um, and Julia. Yeah. And so I bring to the table Julia Roberts. Overrated, underrated. Is there anybody else in that movie of name status besides Sam Shepard? Oh, okay. Is in it. Uh, Hume Cronin has a brief role. He gets shot. I don't. No spoilers after twenty eight years. I'm sorry, folks. What? There's and, no pelican. Uh, yeah. There's no brief. I'm gonna go. Um, man, when was the last time you saw a juggernaut? Big old movie from Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman. Uh, well, that's the thing. The resume's kind of already been built, hasn't it, yeah. it? Yeah, I'd say down the middle. I don't. I don't mind her. I don't. I roll when I see her in a movie. She was on a really good Amazon series. I forget the name, but it was very uh, uh, like technological sci-fi uh, that I really liked, and that was that was actually during the pandemic. I'm gonna go down the middle. Yeah, I, I mean, I think she has a great reputation. I think she's earned the great reputation. Yeah. Obviously, she was the hot commodity in the 90s. Yes. And I think she's had a solid career. If I hear Julia Roberts is in a movie, I'm probably prone to go take a look. I can name five of those. And not just because she's attractive. I, I mean, because she does a good job. Yeah, I think she does a great job. I'm with you. I loved uh, I loved Notting Hill. That's one of those ones, if it's on, I'm sitting with my wife, we'll watch it. Yeah. There's some good laughs in that one. That's the thing. I think she can do drama. I think she's got some comedic timing. Agreed. Uh, so the versatility is always something that I appreciate. The Kinks. Mm, I saw this the moment you handed it to me and started the wheels turning. What would rock and roll music be without the kinks? I mean, it was, I think a lot of bands are heavily influenced by them. Mm-hmm. Can you name five songs? Well, there's Lola. There's You Really Got Me. Um, let's see. I think the way they carried themselves and just that rock and roll swagger mm-hmm. is the inspiration. I don't know if the catalog is. Uh, Come Dancing was a big 80s hit, yeah, but I Come think that Dancing. was at the at the big height of MTV world. Well, it doesn't matter how, does it? No. But I think a lot of the I think a lot of the 80s a lot of the star power is based on MTV? the visual. Oh yeah. yeah, I'll agree. I mean, they, to me, they epitomize kind of 80s, 90s rock music. Um, I agree with you that the catalog is not all that deep. Mm-hmm. However, like you say, they're they're very influential very. on the music world. I'm going to say down the middle. Down the middle he goes. I have to put my eyes on I know, because songs. You, you are big on... They've, they've got to have five in their catalog. I think if you look, you'll find five. I think so. And I don't think it's going to really take that much of a stretch. I mean, we've 
we've kind of named three right off the bat here. I will also put this out for discussion. You Really Got Me by Van Halen is far superior to You Really Got Me by the Kinks. Well, I would have to listen to them both to agree with you there. Mm-hmm. But I think You mm-hmm. Really Got Me. All the day and the night. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Sunny Afternoons, big on their streaming I don't know that I know that song. I don't either. Unless I hear it and I go, oh, that's the one. Yeah, it I... could be one of those that has a title that doesn't necessarily. Let me get in the middle of it. That ring a bell at all? Not really. Waterloo Sunset's the other big one. Chili, chili is the evening Eh, no. But those those big three, you really got me Lola and all day and all night. Those are those are juggernauts. I'm gonna go and you know what? Because I don't know that much about them, they must be underrated. Maybe I should know more about oh, them. Oh, you pulled a switcheroo on me there. I, I redefined thought sure it. you were going to overrate it. Maybe I should know more about them and their influence, so they're underrated to me. Wow. Okay. Very good. What were you going to do? I thought, sure, you were going to go overrated because they didn't hit your well, what five. were you going to do, though? I said down the middle. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Julia Roberts and the Kings <laughs> down the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe I was influenced by all those golf shots over the weekend. I maybe. <laughs> You're on Twitter, right? Well, one hit wonder contest. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. We are now in the round of 16, and I promise you, the round of 16's got some really good matchups. The the one today, in my mind, is a no-brainer. I know it is. Sugar, Sugar by the Archies versus one of my absolute favorite songs of all time, Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and vote right now. And uh, actually, it's closer than I thought. Oh, it is. 56%, yeah. 44%. Ooh, I'm going to back away slowly on that one. Ooh. All right, well, there's that. But you said these 16 coming up this week are going to be pretty rocking? These sweet 16 matchups, and that's what we're into now. I, I think we've got some good ones. Can I, I might as well uh, preview uh, tomorrow. Yes. Uh, afternoon delight versus kung fu fighting. <laughs> Woo! True, two truly guilty pleasure songs. Yes, but only one champion. Yeah, I'll say it right now. Afternoon delight. You rub them sticks and stones together, making <laughs> sparks. <laughs> Night. Well, I think Anchorman helps carry the day oh, on that. Oh, oh. oh my goodness. That'll be a fun one tomorrow. So you can follow that on Twitter at Sports Yak with two Ks. You're on Twitter, right? At the Unverified 46 Sports. Maybe it's good to be unverified. We all know who you are. As long as there's not a fake 46 Sports that springs up. Evil 46 Sports. Oh. That's a Twitter I want to follow. Actually, oh, <laughs> that gives me some ideas. <laughs> all the stuff you want to say but you can't. A burner account. But then you shoot on over to that account and say things. <laughs> Oh, and somebody could do it. You could do the drawing of me with like the horns and the mustache, because <laughs> that's what the devil looks like—the mustache and the horns. Yeah, one horn. He would never give himself away by showing up in any other way. Nope. Uh, thanks for listening, sports fans. You're on Until Twitter too. Am, no one's Come on. Me at my oh, name that's is Corey. not true. It's it's not. 
You know, I am a TikTok viral sensation, though. That's, Should I show you this? Uh, well, I don't think you need to show it to me. I think you need to share with the class what you did on the radio this morning. Uh, on TikTok, I posted a video of me at Marshall's. He, I can do the audio for you, Chuck. How about that? Go, Go ahead. ahead. I'm at Marshall's, and I'm behind a lady in line who has a Foo Fighters shirt on. I have a Foo Fighters shirt on. So I said, nice Foo Fighters shirt. And the cashier says, and I quote, What's a Foo Fighter? 23,000 views in uh, two days. The peoples are starved for entertainment. And just to put that into perspective, the previous video on TikTok, 171. 23,000. I want to start getting some calls. I feel badly for those who have not gone out and fought Foo in their lives. <laughs> Take a swing at some Foo. You need to fight it. You need to fight the foo. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga Gump Worsley. Put on the mask. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.